0: Uh, as always, pleasure to be here. Thank you guys for coming out. Uh, I'm really excited, as always. Anytime I get to do this, uh, I'm, I'm stoked. So, uh, um, Lord willing, uh, we're going to start a new book tonight. We're going to start in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 1. Uh, I've been talking about this for a while, but uh, Psalm just kept getting in the way, you know, the book of Psalms and And uh, we could go on forever in that book, for sure. We can go on forever in any of these, but uh, anyway, we're going to see what the Lord has for us. I know he has something good. I've already tasted it, so I want you to taste it. Father, we just give thanks again for how you blessed us mightily. We thank you for your uh, uh, unending blessings, your bountiful mercy, and your never-ending grace. So we just give praise and honor for who you are, and Uh, we're just so thankful that we can be your friend, we can be called your friend, we can be called children of God. Um, It's just such a blessing, and and I just pray, Father, that that our hearts and ears will be open tonight for what you have for all of us, everyone in this room and those in the sound of my voice, Father. I pray that um, we would just... uh, at least make an effort to come to know you as our Lord and Savior, even more so than we did earlier today or yesterday. So, again, we give you praise and honor for all, all in our lives, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, as I was reading this, there was so this book, and I read it before, but there are some things in there that I hadn't seen before. You know, none of you probably been had to deal with that, but open it up, and it's why well, I read this, but I never saw that, and so there was a lot of that in this particular book, and it reminded me so much of Daniel. It was prophetic, it was poetic, and it was just heart-rendering, you know, for the things that the Lord was sharing with us, and this, in my heart, it just seems to be a continuation of some of the things that we've seen with uh, a prophecy, and even make the connection to uh, Daniel and uh, Jeremiah, Isaiah, a few others that we'll mention as we go along, but I'm just so thankful for this. And as I was preparing, I I thought about a a line that I've heard. I'm not quite sure where it came from, Uh, but it said, these are the worst of times. These are the best of times. And uh, listen to uh, the message this morning. I kept thinking about how we need to be encouraged because We think that because things don't look good from our perspective that the Lord has gone away. On the contrary, he's there. He knows what's going on. He's got a hand in it. And with each and every one of us, he's made an attempt to get our attention. And so when he ramps it up and it's got to be something that, you know, smacks us in the head, we say, oh my goodness, wow. But he's been talking to us all along. He's been... uh, trying to get us to speak with him. And most of us aren't doing that well with that. You know, we forget about it until th- things are not in the way that we think they should be. Oh, wow, I guess I need to pray now. Well, uh, at no time should we stop praying. And the, the word con- uh, just, uh, it just confirms that for us. It says men always ought to pray. And it also talks about praying without ceasing and I think about that often, and the people that we get to hear from, it's like, okay, I run out of options, so I think I should pray. And, and that's so backwards. So backwards, when we're going through things, we should begin to pray. We should never stop. I'll just leave it at that. We should never stop praying. There's always something to pray about. Always someone to pray for. And you know, just listening uh, this morning to the, what was coming through, I realize that there's so many of us who are struggling because we're trying to do it on our own. We're trying to fix it ourselves. And we don't want to turn into the Lord unless we've exercised all possible options of doing it ourselves. And so some of us, myself included, I just keep saying, okay, that didn't work. Let me try the plan B. And it doesn't work and it just keeps on going. CDEFG. And it still hasn't been resolved. So we need to just be in constant prayer about what's going on around us, our family, our friends, our church body, the body of Christ. And, and what I said earlier, you know, depending on your perspective, are these the worst of times or are these the best of times? I was talking to one of the younger people and they were saying the good old days. And uh, I said, well these are the good old days Uh, and what do you mean things are a lot worse than they were somehow we look back and we think things are so much better you know and we were doing things that that we were having fun and so we consider that as living but on the other hand once we got past that in, in retrospect or in hindsight we were dying quickly and now As we get to know the Lord and he gets to know us, which is even better. Now we take a totally different perspective. These are the good old days. We're closer to being home in glory than we've ever been. And uh, I just like it when whoever's here delivering that message, that always comes through loud and clear. And uh, he's on the throne. So let's dig in. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 1. Well, actually, before we do that, I just want to read some other notes that I had here, just, just as a, a preamble. Ezekiel is the author of this book and is mentioned nowhere else in the, in, the, uh, in the scripture. His name being strengthened by God, which indeed he was strengthened for the prophetic ministry in which God called him. Ezekiel uses visions, prophecies, parables, signs, and symbols to proclaim the message of God to God's exiled people. Ezekiel and his wife, who was mentioned in uh, chapter 24, verse 15 to 27, were among 10,000 Jews taken captive to Babylon. They lived in Tel Aviv on the bank of the Chabar River, uh, probably southeast of Babylon. Ezekiel writes of his wife's death in and, death and exile, but the book does not mention Ezekiel's death which uh, rabbinical tradition suggests occurred at the hands of an Israelite prince whose idolatry uh, uh, Ezekiel rebuked. Uh, Verse one. Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month of the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Chabar, that the heavens were open and I saw visions of God. Ezekiel uh, was a contemporary of both Jeremiah and Daniel. Jeremiah was approximately 20 years older, and Daniel was the same, it's his same age. Ezekiel was both a prophet and a priest, and because of Ezekiel's priestly background, he was particularly interested and familiar with the temple details, so God used him to write much about them, and he did write a lot about the temple in, in detail. River Chabar was a major canal off of the Euphrates River, and we'll understand the significance of that as we go along, the Euphrates River. And in this case, visions of God has similarity to the visions of God's throne in Revelations 4 and 5, where the emphasis also on a glimpse of the throne just before judgment is released in Revelation 6, 6, chapter 19. So those, I'm going to touch on them, but... Uh, typically, I have a lot of reference scriptures, but uh, it was in my heart not to do so much of that this time because there's so much that that should be covered. Uh, verse two: On the fifth day of the month, which was in the fifth year of King Jehoiachin's captivity, and this this king King Jehoiakim, Ezekiel, and ten thousand uh, Jews had been deported to Babylon. And at this time, Ezekiel was uh, 25 years of age. Uh, he was captive, and when he was 30, he got called to the ministry to perform his priestly duties. So just between his captivity and those five years, there was a tremendous spiritual growth. Verse 3, the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of of the Chaldeans by the river Chabar, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. And this hand of the Lord was upon Ezekiel because he had so much to offer. And it's just like we do, it no difference, but are we willing to allow ourselves to let go and let God? That's where the problem comes in. Because we want to be in control of everything that we do and say. And there's a downside to that, my friends. Yeah, I mean, some of you know that already. Some of you are learning and some of you will learn. There's a downside to thinking, you know, I can do all things and stopping it right there. It, it goes well beyond that. And if you're not under uh, the, the leadership or you're following, not, not following that path that the Lord has laid before you, you are not only are you going to stumble, you're going to fall. And it's not. Uh, uh, if, it's when, you will fall. And again, as always, I don't want to make it sound like you're defeated. We're not defeated. We we still win, but the Lord is never going to take away free will for you to make choices for yourself. And even today, even though we know Christ, he knows us, we're still learning, and we still get to exercise free will. And again, we have to be so careful that Everything, everything that we do is through prayer and supplication, everything, no matter how big or how small. And when we allow the world around us to discourage us, then uh, we're on a slow decline, sometimes not so slow. And the thing that I see uh, is the people who are more inclined to send you a video from uh, Twitter as opposed to scripture. There used to be a time when, you know, we we want to encourage somebody, we would send them this information. But now we're so dependent, some of us, on that. And that's what we lean to. That's what we lean towards. You know, I, I got this thing that I can show them from this pastor of a mega church as, a, as if that makes it official. And so we do that. And it may not be what they need. It isn't what they need. They need to hear the word of God. We need to hear the word of God. Always. And we, just, we, can't, we can't afford to get away from that. We need to be focused on what the Lord is saying, what the word of God says, as opposed to, you know, the, the, that big, that, that superstar pastor. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it is. It's men, it's women. And we are prone to wander and they're no different. And we've seen them. most of us have seen some who have fallen as a result of that fleshly nature. They are wrapped in flesh. No matter how many badges they wear, no matter how many people are in their church, no matter are in these things, no matter how supposedly spiritual they are, they can be brought down. And, and again, we'll touch on that as we go. Verse um, 3. The word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans. And I read that as God prepared uh, Isaiah in Isaiah 6, 5 to 13. He also prepared Jeremiah and Jeremiah 1, 4 through 19. So the Lord prepares Ezekiel to receive revelation and strengthen him for his task to speak as God's prophet. He's also prepared you. He's also prepared me to speak for him. He's given us the word, and now it's up to us to dig in. He's given us the heart. Now it's up to us to maintain the heart for him. He's given us the desire. The desire should be to always seek ye first. First. there's no That order doesn't change. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. All, these, all that other stuff will fall in place. And that's what he's uh, calling us to. And we need to honor him in order for him to honor us. So just be, be mindful of, of what he wants you to do. What, he, what has he called you to? Are you dedicated to the cause? Or are you just following along with what the world dictates? Are you serious about the mission? or are you just wanting to fit in with your friends, your associates, your acquaintances, your family? And a lot of us are there. I don't want to be outcast. I don't want to be cast out from my family. So I'm going to go along for the ride. Not in our best interest. It has to be based on a personal relationship. It can't be because of your buddy, your friend who's a pastor or, or whatever. And so now you just sort of follow him or her in some cases. And there's a a real danger in that thinking that we're going to go into glory on someone else's coattail. It doesn't work. My grandma's saved, so I'm in. No, not at all. You know, my father was a pastor, so my ticket's punched. No, it's not. It has to be you and Christ. One on one has to be. There is no other option. Then I looked and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud, verse four, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself and brightness was all around it and radiated out of its midst like the color of amber and and out of the midst of the fire. The opening vision focuses on angels surrounding God's presence. Beware of angels. And uh, we talked about this. Uh, This morning, angels, we have to be so careful. There are angels who are spiritual and there are angels who are demons. And we have to be very careful. And some people choose to not believe that there are demons. Big mistake. There are demons. Uh, Sharing with someone this morning who believes that her son is possessed by demons And after she described that to me, it was very difficult, especially after the message this morning, to not try and encourage her to understand that it's it's realistic. It's something, it's true, there's something to that. And we have to be careful how we just discard the fact that these things are happening to us. But don't make the mistake of saying the enemy's attacking me because things are not going the way I want them to go. Sometimes the Lord does this. Sometimes the Lord has to do these things, even just to get our attention. And it's not, he's not punishing us. Uh, it's called chastening. He chastens us because he's sovereign. He blesses us because he's sovereign. And that's just, that's it. Don't look at it as, oh, the world's falling apart. The Lord must have taken his hands off. Or the evil is really taking over the world we shouldn't look at. That's a very unhealthy perspective. God is doing something. God is never not working, ever. He's always in it. He knows what's going on. Nothing surprises him. So we need to be aware that even though these things are happening, we're seeing things that, are, that most of us thought we'd never see in our lifetime. Unspeakable things. Men and women who just seem to have gone, just totally lost it. How could they? How could they make rules? How could they make laws? How could they make mandates that allow these things to happen? The times are evil and it's not really news. The times are evil. We don't have to watch whatever we watch to learn that. You see it going on around you. You see it in your workplace. You see it uh, in, in your schools. You see it in even in the church body on occasion. And we're not immune to this stuff. Everybody that's sitting here on Sunday morning is not a Christian. The enemy has a job to do and he does it well. Very well. He knows what causes me to stumble. He knows what causes me to fall and he will encourage me through the flesh to allow that to happen. Oh, I can't believe that happened to me. You allowed it and God allowed it just by the grace of God. It'll be just me and two other people, but he imputed in your heart. I want you to go out. I want you to honor me. I want you to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. I want this from you. And how do you get encouraged? You get encouraged by hearing the word. You're not going to get this on the daily news. You're not going to see this at all. We need to take a stand for what the Lord has called us to, just like he did with these angels. The opening uh, vision focus on the angels surrounding God's presence. Whirlwind and fire represents judgment on Judah in in a further and totally devastating phase. Beyond the deportation is to come out of the north and did come from Babylon. Its terror is uh, depicted by a fiery whirlwind. And think about that. We've seen a whirlwind, most of us anyway, and you've seen the fire You've seen the devastation. And it's nothing compared to what is coming. Nothing. When, as we go down further and we talk about, well, I'll just go down. Verse five, also from within there came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. And any time, primarily the prophets make, any of them make, Reference to likeness. It's just that you guys don't have a frame of reference, so I got to give you a frame of reference. Like his eyes, like coal. His his hair, like she, wool. Like because you guys, I, I could say this, and I could say, oh, there was this huge animal with eight eyes and two heads, and we don't typically have things like that. So how do you put that in perspective? So it say like that. It'll give you a like. Similar to, I'm putting in this, your terminology, uh, just like when Jesus did with the, the parables, in some cases, he just gave them something that they can relate to, but we can't relate to this. Can you relate to a whirlwind of fire? Can you relate to a wheel inside a wheel? What What do you visualize when you hear that? Again, you have no frame of reference. You can think of your bicycles and the spokes and, and putting a, a playing card in there, making a little bit of noise, but like that. How do, you, how do we relate to that? Four angels, most likely the cherubs, as is talked about in uh, verse 10, uh, ch- uh, verse 10, 1 through 22, chapter 10, verse 1 through 22, appearing in the erect posture and figure of man, that's in uh, verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 8, Emerge to, sell, to serve God who judges. We talk about the four corners of the earth, and I can't help but wonder if God made sure that no one was missed. It's four angels, the four corners of the, of the earth, so to make sure, and also with this wheel inside a wheel, that was it. It made sure there was, and it's going to talk of uh, one that being high above the heavens and the other that's being so low. And that way, nobody's missed. So when that wheel inside a wheel, that whirlwind starts such whirl, no one's left out. Oh uh, boy, I hid, I hid beneath the, the rocks, in the cleft of the rocks, and he couldn't find me. Uh, it says, Where do I go from his presence? He knows you're there. So we can't hide. And if you're hiding, that's a good indication of where your heart is. If you're hiding from the Lord, like some of us are doing, even now, that's a, an indication of where your heart is. Why would you want to hide from him? And it, it makes it very clear in his word that there is nowhere that we can go that he doesn't know about. There's nothing that we can do that he doesn't know about. I'm doing this ungodly thing, but nobody's going to know. Who's going to know? Nobody sees me. God sees you. Uh Each one, uh, verse six. Each one had four faces, and each one had four wings. And from from these four faces, identify the angels. uh, Number one, intelligent, that represents man. Powerful, that represents a lion. Servile, which means uh, submissive, that represents the ox. And swift, eagle. That represents obviously speed, accuracy. And when the Lord gave them four faces, that's what these four faces represent. There was um, man, lion, ox and eagle. And each one had a a specific specific characteristic that allowed them to to uh, serve the Lord in that way. And four wings instead of two wings uh, symbolize speed in performing God's will. With, with uh, two wings, you're able to do it. Four wings allow you to do it more expediently. And that's God's purpose. He wants us. He says the times are short. I need you to share the word with those who don't yet know me. Well, you know, I got a lot of things going on. So maybe I'll get to them next week. And that's our uh, stinking thinking. Because... We're assuming that we're promised and they're promised next week. And everybody in this room knows someone who's gone out a lot sooner than we anticipated. They had stuff on the calendar, but the Lord took them anyway. And that's us. Even sitting here right now, somebody's thinking about tomorrow. Somebody's thinking about this evening stopping by Abbott's. You know, and, and that there's no guarantee. Their legs were straight. And the, verse seven their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet. They uh, sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. Now, their significance here is their legs were not, like, not bent like an animal's, but straight, like pillars, and that represents strength. And calves' feet, in this context, refers to their ability uh, stability and firm stance. So there's something to that. So God doesn't just put these words in there just for grins. There's a, there's a reason why their legs are straight and there's a reason why they, they, had that they, uh, they had hinds feet. And it all pertains to being faithful, being prepared, being willing to honor his word. And so he just like he gave them certain characteristics, he's given us certain characteristics. He's given you a heart for him. He's given me a heart for him. And are we following through on what he's prepared us for? And we can't say we can't speak for anyone else. We can't judge. But you have to ask yourself, are you honoring him in your life? Are you really being a Christian? in the true sense of the word. A Christian is someone who's Christ-like. And a lot of time, we, we know these friends, these this family family members who say they're Christians. But if you watch them long enough, well, sometimes you don't have to wait so long, you realize that they're saying the right words, but their actions dictate something totally different. Christian follows Christ. Would you want Christ to look back and look at what you're doing, would you be okay with that? You may not wanna follow him if you're not doing the right thing and that's the way it is with some of us. If I follow him, he may look back and see what I'm doing and then he'll realize that I'm being a hypocrite. Are you honoring him with your words? Are you honoring him with your actions? Are you honoring him at all? And that's what we have to ask ourselves and we gotta be honest. You can't fool him. You can't say something you don't mean. And you shouldn't say something that you don't mean. Do you love the Lord? Let it show. And there are times when all of us, we have a tendency to step off the curve from time to time. But our hearts are sincere. And the Lord knows that. We're not perfect. Perfection is bondage, except if you're Jesus Christ. Perfection for us is bondage. And it's it's important that we understand that because we can get to, to where we're doing things out of tradition. There are religious systems that are based on tradition. There are religious systems that are based on doing a certain thing over and over and over again, chanting, perhaps. There are religious systems that are based on that. And when you're asked, you're not part of a religious system, you're part of a faith-based system. And we talked about that this morning. Faith as a mustard seed. And it's so true that uh, when we say we're religious, we have to be careful that we really understand what that means. Everybody's religious. Even the people who call themselves atheists are religious. They won't uh, admit to that, but that's what they do. They do some things religiously day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. They're religious. Verse 8. The hands of a man were under their wings on their four sides, and each of the forehead, faces and wings. The hands of man is a symbol of their skillful service. Hand used for his service. You can do that. And sometimes uh, you want to you wanna worship the Lord with your hands, even by raising your hands, or even touching and agreeing with your fellow uh, church body members. He's given us that. He's given us these for a reason, and there is not just by chance. We are, you've heard this before, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And everything about us has a purpose. Everything. There's nothing that he did, that the Lord did, during the design phase that he didn't attend for us to uh, honor him with, or exalt him with, everything. So be thankful for who you are. Verse 9, their wings touch one another. The creatures did not turn when they went, but each one uh, went straight for it. That doesn't make any sense to us. How can they fly if they don't turn? But see what we're doing, as I said earlier, we're using what we know as humankind, as human beings, as a frame of reference. Because we've seen the birds, they've got to turn. How can they? But it says, uh, the spirit refers to the divine impulse by which God moved them to do his will. God moved them. So it's hard to imagine they're flying, they never fly into each other, they never turn, yet they're always moving. How could that be? There has to be some turning going on there. That's our perspective, but that's not God's. They were able to move in any direction without being able to turn, given swift access to do God's will. All were in harmony as to the way they moved. And that's us. We need to be in harmony about how we move. We need to be in harmony about what what the Lord is calling us to do at any given time. Have the boldness, the willingness, or the desire to do whatever he asks us to do when he asks us to do it. A lot of us don't have that boldness. Hey, brother, we're going to go out on the street and talk to people. You want to go? No, that's not my thing. Hey brother, we're going to go to this concert, Christian concert. Are you interested? No, no, I got uh, I got some other things that are more important that I need to get done. So I don't I don't need to go to a concert and be built up in the Word of God. Hey brother, we're going to go and and pray for a, a, a sister brother of ours that is having some physical difficulties. No, you guys go ahead. I, I, I'm good. What does that mean? I'm good. I don't have time to pray for somebody. You've heard me say this before and I continue to say it. The Lord has given each and every one of us 24 hours. So what you do with it is up to you. It's just a matter of what's priority. We've all got lives. But what's the priority here? Even the simple one that I've mentioned Brother, I'm really struggling. Can you pray for me? Well, I really got to go. Dinner's at three and uh, I'm I'm not going to be able to. I'll I'll pray pray for you at home. But I I didn't ask you to pray for me. I asked you to pray with me. And there is a vast difference between the two. We need to encourage one another. We need to be encouraged by others. But we can't, can't. I don't like that word, but I'm going to use it because it says all things are possible, so that eliminates the word can't. I find it very difficult to walk away from someone who's um, pleading for prayer. It's a challenge at times, because yeah, we do have other things going on. But again, sometimes we have to reset those priorities. But again, it's not easy. Some people are not comfortable praying in public. A lot of people are not comfortable praying in public. Does that mean you shouldn't? Or just come out and support the ones who are okay with that. And I'm not selling, coming out on any any particular time. I'm just saying we need to be in tune with the God that we claim to serve. We've lost, we've left our first love. I'll just leave it at that. And I know we've all heard that and know what it means. And we have. And that's the reason why some of the things that we're going through right now are really, really troubling us. So many people are carrying luggage or baggage that they shouldn't. And the easy way out is to point and blame someone else for it. How's your relationship with Jesus? It can only get better if you choose it. Verse 13. Uh, look, verse 12. "And each one went straight forward. They went wherever the spirit wanted to go, and they did not turn when they went. And this spirit refers to the divine impulse by which God moved them to do His will. In this creatures, in these creatures that was the case, and in us, that's the case. Are you following His will? Are you following his word? Are you following his way? And I have to ask the question, if not, why not? Do you have any reason why you don't want a relationship, a real relationship, a relationship that's sincere, without wax? Do you want that type of relationship with Jesus or do you just want something that's, it's a facade? Do you desire facade? Do you desire to be a person pleaser? Do you desire to do to follow the crowd? Do you do you require desire to be a lemming? You have to make this decision. We have to make these decisions. Choose this day who you will serve. As far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and I pray that will be desire of each and every one of our hearts. Is that desire of your heart? Verse 13, as for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright and out of the fire went lightning. Visualize that, my friends. Visualize that. Out of the fire came lightning. Each one of those by itself is kind of intimidating, can be very scary Try and visualize that. There's fire and then there's lightning coming out of that. What is your perspective? How do you bring that into focus? Can you picture that? And that's what Ezekiel is trying to cause us to see. And because these things are are, are real. Are we going to see them? Some of us will, some won't. How about you? Are you going to see this or not? Their uh, their appearance conveyed God's glory and pure burning justice, judgment, which they assisted in carrying out even on Israel, who had for so long hardened themselves against his patience. Even against Israel. That would be akin to me saying that you're going to pour out your wrath, you know, men of speaking on your family, people that you love. His people. He had to. He can't look upon sin. And even within our own families, we know, you know, Uncle Bob is a load. But we still got to love him. That's a challenge. Uncle Bob is like, wow, yeah, I can love but uh, this guy I, I can't. I can't love this guy. He's just too much. But this is how God says, that's why it says, even Israel, his own people. And that's, that's tough. That is tough. <laughs> Verse 14, and the living creatures ran back and forth and it appears like a flash of lightning. And that represents intenseness, relentlessness. And this motion signifies God constant work of judgment. As I said earlier, God's never not working. He has to judge. He has to bring us back into the fold from time to time. We've all been part of that 99 at some point, And we've all been that one at some point. And it was the same God. Same God. Same God that's brought us back into the fold. Same God that encourages us. Same God that has... Re- uh, brought us back from death door as we say. We've all been through some things and God brought us through it. We never thought we were going to get through it but God, God says I'll do it and he will. But he wants us to have a loving, living relationship with him. And this is where we, we need to encourage one another. Nobody's got it nailed. Nobody. Even the guys that wear the badges Still got issues, man. No one's immune. Well you guys you guys are safe, you guys. no, no, no. No. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, Prone to leave the one I love. That's us. Not me, man. I've been a Christian for 39 years, and you know I'm not looking back. Be careful. I've said never, and the Lord saw differently. And he, uh, he won this one. And when I say something that I wouldn't do, although it honored him, it's like, I'm not feeling it, bro. Okay, we'll see about that, buddy. So he had his way in, in, in my life in more times than one fifteen. Now as I looked at the living creatures, behold a wheel was on the earth this, uh, beside each living creature with its four faces. And this section looks at the glory of God's throne in heaven. So this uh, this, this, this wheel, this image depicts God's judgment and it's referred to as a war machine. And that's kind of hard to grasp. Because when I think of God I don't think of tangible things like that, a physical machine. But that's what this, this represents, that's what this depicts, a war machine. So God's bringing them in, bringing them in. And uh, this machine was like a massive chariot uh, moving where uh, he is to judge, where God is to ju- judge. In 1 Chronicles 28:18, the cherubim above the ark are called chariots. Is this different from what he's talking about here? I really believe so. But they could these this wheel inside a wheel can be composed of angels. Those are that are above the earth and those that are so low. And that's what he talks about. And there's no reason why this 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 word chariot can't be one and the same. It could be what we visualize or it could be an assemblies of angels. It doesn't matter. The effect is still the same. Verse 16, the appearance of the wheels and their workings was like the color of beryl and all four had the same likeness. The appearance of their workings was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. And, and what, I, what I visualize is, is as I said, he, he, he took these angels, these cherubims, they were called chariot in other places, and he's got this going on, this going on. And the reason for that is I'm gonna catch the ones that are high. I'm gonna catch the ones that are low. I'm not gonna miss anybody, so that's why the wheel inside a wheel. So instead of capture all of us, all of us who are are walking something less than righteous, but there's some who will be caught in this who are righteous, but then he's gonna separate them later. Now he's gonna judge after they're inside that wheel, inside the wheel, in the middle of a wheel. Now he's gonna judge, and rightfully so. Uh, This is the image of the gigantic energy of the complicated revolutions uh, of God's massive judgment machinery, bringing about his purposes with unerring certainty and accuracy. And All that means is is, it's going to be perfected. Unerring means there are no mistakes that will be made. Accuracy, he knows exactly what the plan is, and there's nothing that we can do to change it. We can't escape it. And God's uh, his, this verse speaks to uh, uh, verse 15 speaks to, as I said earlier, on the earth. And so high. And we know that uh, there is only one high lofty one, only one. So everything is controlled by that high lofty one. 17, when they moved, they went uh, toward any one of four directions. They did not turn aside when they went. And this judgment machine moved where the angels went. So this may indicate that this judgment machine was composed of angels or chariots, possibly. But again, it doesn't really matter. The fact is still the same. The results are still the same. Regardless of how he does it, God is going to be judging This is a judgment machine. Verse 18, as for their rims, they were so high, they were awesome, but their rims were full of eyes all around the four of them. These eyes are a picture of God's omniscience. He's everywhere. He has perfect knowledge, and he's given to these angelic servants so they they can uh, act in judgment unerringly. God does nothing by blind impulse. Nothing. Everything is planned out. Everything he knows the beginning from the end. Perfect plan. Can we fool him? No, we cannot. 19. When the, living cre- when the living creatures went, the wheels went beside them. And when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up also. So it means that this big machine is just being totally controlled by the Lord. Where verse, 19, verse 20, rather. Wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went. Because there the spirit went and the wheels were lifted together with them. For the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. The spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Wheel inside a wheel. Scooping us up bringing us to be judge. Are you ready? Hmm. These creatures were driven by uh, impulse, and this impulse was done through the Lord, his will. Verse 21, when those went, these went. When those stood, these stood. And when those were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up together with them for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. 22, the likeness of the firmament above the heads of the living creatures was like the color of an awesome crystal stretched out over their heads. 23, verse 23, and under the firmament, their wings spread out straight one toward another. Each one had two which covered one side and each one had two which covered the other side of the body. Four wings for speed and efficiency. 24, when they went, I heard the noise of their wings like the noise of many waters. This is something else that is hard for us to visualize. Like the voice of the Almighty, a tumult, like the noise of an army. And when they stood still, they let down their wings. And this imagery brings to mind a thunderous rush of heavy rain or, or water over rocks. I don't know if some of you have had the privilege of hearing that, but it can be very, very loud. Thunderous, even. Even. No doubt, this is the voice of the Almighty, and it refers to the voice of the Almighty. Since God's throne was over their heads, this is the voice of the only high and lofty one. There's only one that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 26, and above the firmament over their heads was a likeness of a throne, in appearance like a sapphire stone on the likeness, the likeness of the throne was a likeness, with the appearance of a man high above it. The likeness. 27, also from the appearance of his waist and upward, I saw, as it were, the color of amber with the appearance of fire all around within it. And from the appearance of his waist and downward, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with bright, brightness all around. The appearance like this. The Godhead appears in the, in the likeness of humanity Though God is a spirit, the Messiah, God incarnate, is a representative of the fullness of the Godhead. So, this can be a prelude to the incarnation of Messiah in his character as Savior and Judge. We will be judged. Our words, our deeds, where our hearts really are, we will be judged. Verse 28. Like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around us. There was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. What do you see in that? What, what's your imagery? The likeness of the glory of God. How do you perceive that? How do you imagine that? The likeness of the What thought enters your mind? What what visual enters your mind? What do you think that is? To you and you alone. What does that mean? That glory shines fully in the person of Jesus Christ, which is a common theme in the book of Ezekiel. The glory shines fully in the person of Jesus Christ. And we're going to see that all throughout this. This book and others as well. But I'm just thankful that we got a chance to hear some of this and there's more. God is holding each individual accountable for pursuing righteousness. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody can give it to you. Nobody can take it away. You are held accountable for that. Choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us. And I thank you for the opportunity to share with my sisters and brothers. And I do pray, Father, that your word was rightly divided. And if there's anything that discouraged any of my sisters, any of my brothers, Father, I pray that you would just strike it from my minds even now. So I thank you, Father, for, for everyone who came out. I thank you for the, the ones who are just hearing it, Father. And uh, I just pray that if there's anyone among us who does not yet know you as their Lord and Savior, that the day would be the day they would come running asking what must I do to be saved? So I I thank you again for uh, all hearts that were open, all ears that were open to receive what you have for us and knowing that uh, this message uh, was uh, even more so for me and then maybe some of my friends, but it's up to you, Father. I just pray that uh, we would always be mindful of the fact that you created us for something. You created us uh, to worship you, Father. And I pray that we would never shy away from that. And we would not get too busy in our lives and just leave you out of it, Father. So we give you praise and glory for who you are. And we're so thankful for whose we are. May you receive the glory of every word that we utter. In every deed that we do throughout this day and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, our soon returning king. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming out. Uh, If there's any questions about anything that was said, I'll try and try and uh, give an answer. So bless you. Be safe and uh, see you next time.